Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. Uh, they are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, Y-E-G, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. Jay Crocker is a multidisciplinary visual and sculptural artist and multi-instrumentalist and instrument inventor currently based on the south shore of Nova Scotia in Canada. Originally from Calgary, Alberta, where he studied jazz and improvisation and was a renowned guitarist, arranger, and collaborator with the likes of Ghost Keeper, among many others, Crocker and his family moved to Nova Scotia in 2011, where his primary musical outlet has been Joyful Talk. Crocker's the lone consistent member of the open-ended band, which incorporates rudimentary and sophisticated technology in its sonic explorations, which touch upon everything from free jazz, hip-hop, electronic music, improvisation, ambient, post-punk, and other out-genre signifiers, blending analog and synthesized elements and even some vocals for a sound like no other. The latest Joyful Talk album is Familiar Science, It was released by Constellation Records on May 6th, 2022, 
and it prompted Jay to return to this show for a chat about the changing energy in his suddenly populous rural Nova Scotia community, sharks in the ocean and on land, his music studies and explorations as a teen in Calgary, teachers who care and support you, the thievery involved in obtaining his first guitar, the making of familiar science and how it connects Calgary and Nova Scotia, his scoring work and the planetary music system, other future plans, and more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control, with additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff who will happily help you order anything you need. Say you want the new Jay Crocker, I mean, Joyful Talk album. They're kind of synonymous. Say you want the new Joyful Talk album, Familiar Science. Well, you go over there to blackbird.ca and see if they can help you uh, obtain a copy. That's what I would do. So thank you to Blackbird Music. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 706 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Jay Crocker of Joyful Talk with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi Jay, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You? Oh, I'm 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 relatively well as well. Thanks for asking. Uh, where in the world are you today? I'm in uh, at home in Crowstown, Nova Scotia, Canada. Nice Crowstown. For those who I don't even know where that is exactly, where is Crowstown in relation to maybe Halifax or something? I'm an hour and fifteen minutes southwest of Halifax, right. towards the water. Towards the water. There's lots of water in that area, right? Yeah, but I'm like I'm like a five minute drive to the beach and like many beautiful beaches and stuff. Is that like South Shore? Yeah. South Shore. Nice. I, I know that area a little bit. We have friends out there in a place called Mill Village, which is very remote, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's like probably twenty five minutes from me. Oh, there you go. Oh wow. So when I've been visiting them Maybe twenty. Yeah. When I've been visiting them. I could have been visiting you. I feel badly now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were that, that you were that close. Now, you've been there, what has it been, like 10 years? Yeah, 11 years. Still loving it? Yes, <laughs> in a way. I mean, it's changed considerably in the last few years. Like, it's becoming quite populated. A lot of people are moving here. House prices are skyrocketing. Mm. You know, it's like we went to the beach yesterday and usually we go to the beach almost every day in the summer. But yesterday, man, it was like rammed. Huh. It's like the big parking lot is like overflowing and it's a massive parking lot. Now this is pandemic related? Is that what you're hinting at? I have no idea. I think probably like people wanting to move out of cities potentially. Or, I mean, there's a lot of, I think a lot of Americans that are buying up stuff out here. A lot of people from Ontario. Yeah. 
I mean, I think pandemic slash short-term rental slash cottage, you know. Yeah. And it's a really, really beautiful spot. But when we first moved here, it was a little bit of a secret, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. Do you remember like a year and a half, maybe two years ago, the New York Times did a huge yes. article about how Nova Scotia had evaded COVID and like you say, the I mean, or sorry, not like you said. Well, you're saying the uh, housing prices have skyrocketed. I think they were alluding to the fact that it was relatively inexpensive to live there. And I will tell you, my sister, who uh, moved from Toronto to Ottawa, uh, her and her partner and their their daughter was uh, having to be homeschooled. And I think it was, uh, you know, whatever. It was difficult. Obviously, yeah. for everyone, it's been difficult. Anyway, they, they did that. They moved to Nova Scotia and bought like a fully furnished uh, home by some American homeowner. Yeah. And uh, she told me the the price and the square footage. And in Ontario, like depending on where that uh, that kind of place would be, it would be like a, a million dollars. No, it would be like a million. Yeah, it would probably be like a million dollars. And they got it for like a tenth of that. Yeah, no And doubt. so that's... So that's what I think was was kind of going on there, and I'm sorry. So now it's getting a bit. It's uh, your market is, is has changed the housing market, which that sucks. I know that this is one of the reasons we fled Ontario. Yeah, and just and, and you I, know the energy yeah. of the area has changed slightly. Oh, because you know the pace is a bit different, especially now in the summer. Hmm. And yeah, there's just it's just way more populated. Yeah, but it's still great. Like our Piece of, we have a pretty relatively big piece of land on the river, and I mean, it's still pretty good for us. Wait, wait, how close is your nearest neighbor? Uh, You know, like an acre, I guess, or half an acre. Like yeah, the houses really. out here are still yeah. kind of close, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. So I can see my neighbor for sure. But, uh, you know, it's yeah. still a nice, it's a lot of space. It's enough for me. You referred to the pace changing, I think. Uh, the pace in Nova Scotia, for those of us in Canada, we think of it as slower. It is. Uh, we think we think of the, think of the people as more, uh, I don't know if they're more patient, but just less in a rush. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying. Just less rush, rush, less frenetic. Is that accurate? Yeah, but I think a lot of it has to do with it being cheaper to live out here. Uh, Which it's becoming not, in a way. I see. You think that the stress of, uh, or the, the lack of stress, the stress, uh, about, of, the stress of capitalism is a real thing, man. <laughs> right, and it wasn't there before because people well, weren't yeah, as I concerned. Guess. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's always kind of there. It's a pretty pervasive stress, but right. I don't know. It's just picking up, and I mean, that's good and bad. I just see a lot of wealth kind of coming in, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not fun. Are you seeing signs of gentrification and stuff? Yes, I think that's kind of what I'm seeing. I see. It's a lot yeah. of wealth because to be able to afford something down here, especially if it's your second home, because of the increase in house prices, it's like, yeah, you got to have some fucking cash to buy something out here. Are you seeing the thing, uh, the infill thing happening where the people with money come in and they knock down? A house or something, and then they build oh, yeah. a new one. Yeah, or moving a house closer to the water. Like there was like some tiny subdivisions here before that 
just had vacant lots for like nine, the whole first nine years that I lived here. And right. now there's no lots left kind of Good thing. Lord. Yeah, that's a drag. I'm sorry. I mean, there's no way around it. I, I, we're but, not, I, I mean, it's a beautiful place. So, yeah. I was I, I I would I would have lived in Nova Scotia. I've visited it many times. I like it a lot. I like mm-hmm. the Maritimes generally. Um, yeah. But I also was like, what would I do for work, or what would we do? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Like you have to kind of think about that too. And uh, also, yeah, we went west. My family. So uh, so the other weird full circle moment, if you will, is uh, yes. Jay, you, you have roots in Alberta, right? Yeah, I'm from. I grew up in Calgary. Right. So we moved uh, from Ontario in uh, January, basically January 2020. I don't know if I've talked to you since then. Uh, we moved, uh, my family uh, moved because my wife has family here. Her parents and her brothers are here with their... Is uh, she from there, I guess? Yeah, from Edmonton. Yeah, sorry. So I'm from Edmonton. And so we moved and jobs, uh, better paying jobs beckon. And then you look at the housing market and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's more... We couldn't, uh, you know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not moaning and whining, but like, yeah, we bid on like 12, 12 odd houses. Uh, they weren't odd. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. we bid on like 12 houses in Guelph and would constantly get outbid. Yeah. And that's that was really common. And I think, you know, unfortunately, we were talking and experiencing something that really wasn't in the news until more recently, where now they've raised interest rates and they're trying to cool the market. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just really strange to try yeah. to raise raise a family and and own a home and yeah and it's becoming like a lot it's becoming a lot harder to do all those things especially yeah. for like the average person yeah absolutely so it is uh yeah i think it's uh, similar but you yeah so let's get back to alberta for just a moment you are from calgary uh sorry yes. why did you did we actually establish this what prompted you to move to a relatively remote part of nova scotia um, well first of all it was cheap yeah yeah <laughs> like we're lucky we were we couldn't afford anything in any city anywhere and by a long shot and we could afford you know proper land and a house out here yeah in a pretty beautiful spot so our mortgage is like pretty small in comparison, which is, you know, fortunate. So it was it enabled us to keep kind of working at the arts and all that kind of stuff. Right. And you were in Calgary before that? Yeah. So okay. all my formative stuff and playing and relationships are from and have been had in Calgary. Right. And I see that by the looks of the people you, you got to play on this a wonderful new record uh, that we'll talk about in a moment. But just a real quick thing, though. Uh, sometimes I uh, follow the weather. I'm a big yes. uh, follower of climate change, but sometimes yes. I follow the weather. And uh, Atlantic Canada seems to get uh, uh, strong forms of weather. Have you experienced that there? I mean, I guess yes. But I feel like minus 40 is a pretty strong form of weather, which I don't miss at all from the cold is living, extreme yes. living in the prairies and just the dryness. Yeah. You know, I'd much prefer living close to the ocean than the mountains. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The weather at times can be significant, but also depends on kind of where you are a little bit. Hmm. Like if you're closer to the water, I think you're going to be affected more. Like we're kind of up on a hill a little bit away from the water kind of in a 
we're kind of surrounded in this nice kind of shelter of trees. So, right. I mean, it's. I think the weather everywhere is kind of getting crazy. No, no, it is. It is. But yeah. I think anyone who's on a in a, any kind of coastal area is seeing. You know, you got to keep an eye on the ocean. Yeah, you got to uh, keep an eye on the bit. hurricanes and stuff like the hurricanes and oh, there's the other thing. And I, I sorry, this is getting really. I guess I'm <laughs> sorry if I sound too doom laden. Yeah, sharks, sharks man. Yes. Have you? I was there a couple of years ago. I want to say in 2019, and we went down to the beach, and someone was like, "You know, there was a great white swimming around here, uh, where near where we were." I was like, "What?" Yeah, they've they've been coming. They've been monitoring these great whites from I think they said from uh, one of the Carolinas. As they, they named it. I, do you know the name? Do you, uh, you know I can't the remember the name. name. It's like but I know there's like or, a few. There's a few yeah. kicking around. There's a few yeah, so living you got, out here. So do you, do you does it cause any commotion when there's a, a well? Sharks? I feel like there's quite a. Isn't that a? Do you feel like I guess all the sharks are moving in? You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I do <laughs> well, feel human, that. They, and ocean, <laughs> lone yes, uh, not just lone sharks yes. and real sharks, but yes, I think that's true. There's just shark infested land and water is <laughs> yes. what you're getting at. Yes, exactly. I get that. But I, I was, uh, I will say, we were at a beach, and I just was like, I, I'm a big uh, shark enthusiast, <laughs> yeah, as well right as on. climate change. I love sharks, and I saw Jaws. Probably uh, I was too young to yeah. watch Jaws when I did, but that's the times we lived in. You just, they just put you in front of the TV and you watched anything. And as yeah. a result, I don't like the water that much. I, I go in a little bit. But yeah, I was just like, wow. And it's uh, as we we're speaking, it's uh, Shark Month or Shark Week or whatever it is on my television. So I'm just uh, immersed in sharks. So, But no, the sharks aren't causing a problem in where you're at. Is that what you're saying? They're just around. I think they're around. Yeah, I don't think they've like caused any problems yet. Okay, good. Not like That's, the land sharks, I guess. Not, I not like... But maybe like there's the no land. problems there yet. I don't know. No, I think But yeah, are. that's cool. Sharks around. I think... Uh, I don't know if I want to see one. And I swim almost every day, so... You haven't seen one yet? No. I haven't okay. seen one yet. Right, okay. Just wondering. I'm pretty I'll sure I'll let you know if I do. Please do. I'd like yeah. to know. I like Take a photograph <laughs> or a video with your telephone. I just... Yeah. I want to see... A real life shark uh, that you have seen. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to Calgary. Uh, yeah. You are still different kind. Different sharks in Calgary. That's what sure. kind of sharks are in Calgary? Would be of the oil variety. Wouldn't yeah, it? I suppose that's true. <laughs> that's true. I don't think is that oil shark a thing? I think our metaphors are getting mixed up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. anyway, my thing is, uh, you seem to still be uh, quite connected to your Calgary community. Is that a fair assessment? Um. I would say I'm connected to the experiences I had there. I've, I mean, there's a few people I talked to. And I have, like, I did some string arrangements and played guitar on the last Ghost Keeper record. Yeah. And um, they will all... I played years in Ghost Keeper. So they will always be my family, you know? I just had uh, Shane and Sarah on the show. Oh, and, great. And we talked about... I don't know if your ears are burning, but you we talked about you quite a bit. And uh, and they praised you to to all get out, you know. And yeah, I did. The, I I did the same. Uh, so we right on. Yeah, we. That's so you're. Nice. So you. What are you exchanging? I, I assume uh, <laughs> where you are in Nova Scotia. You are you leaving much? Are you trying to play shows? Or? Yeah, definitely. I just did a little tour of Canada, and I am before the pandemic. I had a pretty good ratio of staying 
to leaving that I was like, you know, I was doing I a little bit of touring, like enough to kind of scratch that itch, but then home enough to kind of work on the other things that I've been working on. I but see. Since the, yeah. the pandemic really messed that up for sure for everyone. Right. And uh, just slowly trying to get back at it. But man, it's hard out there. It's like bottlenecked and like the powers that be have all the power, you know. <laughs> bottlenecked? What do you mean? Uh, it just seems like it's like a bottleneck of tour scheduling. Oh. You know, so it's been a bit... Uh, yeah, I don't know. The industry's all crazy too. I don't. It's really hard to kind of navigate anything right now. What do you mean? It's uh, there's are they? Um, they're not overbooking per se, but it's just hard to get a show because everyone. Or they're playing. like, yeah, and they're making up for shows that were supposed to have been. You know what I mean? And hmm. I don't know. I don't have any sort of representation when it comes to that world as far as booking and all that. I still have to do it. The, well, I sort of do, but, you know, it's not, uh, I don't have a built-in kind of circuit or schedule that I can go by, so. Right. And I'm also not playing, I'm playing some pretty experimental stuff. So and are you And are you playing some, I'm, I'm trying to think of the times I've seen you, they include everything from a basement house show to yeah, yeah. the Guelph Jazz Festival, like you, you kind of, which is a big deal. A bigger deal, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. So you you do the, you kind of do the gamut, right? You'll do festivals, you'll do yeah uh, alternative space shows, if you will. Is that yeah is that fair? Yeah, definitely. And um, like with the other, the last record, there wasn't. I had you know I had a pretty nice tour booked across Canada before the world shut down, mm-hmm. and it was going to be me with a string quartet in each city, kind of thing. Oh, you know playing some bigger festivals and stuff. And then I guess this is a segue into familiar science and kind of the making of that. Yeah. I wanted to get kind of more back more towards like my improv, like improv, improv and jazz kind of roots. So I started moving more towards that. And then, so now I feel like I'm, I'm kind of wanted to go out and just like, you know, have a, maybe a group here or a group, a group that I do travel with a bit. But also, if I can't travel with them, I'll play with other people in other places or have guests and, you know, have it more of that kind of jazz ethos than right. kind of a set group. You alluded to your roots in improv and jazz. Yeah. Let's talk about those roots for a second. Where do you suppose those roots were uh, uh, formulated, if you will? Uh, definitely in Calgary and, uh, you know, through my good friend, Chris Dadge, he kind of, he started Bug Incision kind of a, a little after the time we met in jazz school and, uh, you know, so that's kind of, we really started getting hardcore into like improv and free jazz and stuff like that kind of hmm. around the same time. And, what 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 is a what what is jazz school? What does that mean? Well, it's just studying <laughs> whatever did, jazz sorry. is. I, I meant, guess I, I meant know. learning I how meant to work where, out. <laughs> where did you study jazz exactly? Uh, Mount Royal College in Calgary. Oh, Mount Royal. Okay, yeah. all right. So they have a, a music program. Uh, they did. They don't have one anymore. <laughs> oh, sh- oh no! What the sharks? Is this the sharks? <laughs> yes, I think it's uh, you know. Definitely uh, some sort of shark 
analogy could be made there for sure. Was it a was it a good program? Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I met a lot of good people that I still kind of keep in touch with. Like Chris Dadge was there, Monty Monroe or Scott Monroe was there from Preoccupations, mm-hmm. and um, you know, my friend. Just yeah, a lot of people kind of still play and enjoy music. I think that were in that year that I was, or those two years that I was there. Do you know what spurred? Can you can you can we uh, think back on what spurred your interest in in? Well, actually, so Jay, you've been on this show before. We've talked before. Yeah, I don't I don't remember how biographical we got. I don't know how you started out in music. What piqued your interest in music as a Presumably, as a as a child or a young person, can we go before we you get want me into to go this, all the way back, all the way back? I'm to curious. The shop? I'm curious about it before we get into familiar science too 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 much further. I'm just curious about this because we are in a roots oriented uh, line of thinking right now. Yeah, let's talk about that. Do you remember what your? Do you have a sense memory of where music uh, landed with you and why you thought you could get involved? Well, my parents were always pretty interested in. They were avid listeners of music, but mostly just, uh, you know, pretty sort of classic kind of stuff, you know, rock and a little bit of R&B and blues and that kind of stuff. But my uncles, like music has run in my in my family on my dad's side for a long time. So in Newfoundland, my uncles had a band and they opened for like Alice Cooper and stuff in the early 70s. Oh. And... Uh, my dad was like the projectionist doing like the ink manipulations for the lighting and stuff like that. What was the band called, if I may ask? It was called The Abstract Number. The Abstract <laughs> Number. Oh, interesting. Yes. Any records? No, I don't think so. I think they mostly played cover tunes and then maybe they were just starting to get into some originals. But they were doing like, you know, Black Sabbath and Zeppelin and all that kind of stuff. I see. Okay. And then they would go around to like all the army bases. There was a few American army bases out there. Did or, you say guess, Newfoundland? Yeah, Newfoundland. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's where I was born, is in Newfoundland. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. So, the, yeah. okay. You were born in Newfoundland. Was St. John's or? St. John's, yeah. Lovely, lovely city as well. When did you leave there? Oh, I think when I was like nine months old or something. Oh, okay. You're barely there. And then yeah, headed barely. to, uh, head, and then headed they to moved, Alberta? My parents moved to Alberta. Right. You know, okay. for the boom in the late 70s or whatever. Your and, parents uh, did some uh, oil work or something? No, but just, you know, where the economy is pumping, there's jobs. So right. They moved for work. And then, um, yeah, so my they were always, I mean, music was around for sure. And then in junior high school, in grade seven, I started playing trumpet in the school band. But I had a really, really great kind of life-changing teacher that kind of, you know, he was a bit of a hard ass, but it was mostly just he had a lot of passion for how the music could be if we worked on it together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As a group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was... Amazing. His name was Rock uh, Ross McIntyre. Nice. And so that was like kind of what kickstarted it, and like to the point where like the band was sounding good. Like we went to San Francisco and played with other jazz bands of our age and stuff like that. So that's kind of where the jazz started. Was in junior high school jazz band. 
I uh, I will say briefly that I love stories like this because I had a similar thing where I was plodding along in school and you have your teachers and they kind of come and go. And then there's just like one person who helps you. And yeah. I don't know if it's a, com- it must be a combination of you ready to receive them and them yeah. being there at the right time. But I feel like almost everyone has a story like this. Like I remember like just coasting through high school and then two teachers, Mr. Schroeder and Mr. Galley were English teachers and they, yeah. they're the ones who showed like they're Mr. Galley in particular, who I actually had run-ins with in the hallway. Yeah. Just attitudinal, you know, I had a bad attitude <laughs> and he, he didn't like that. He didn't even know who I was, but then I had him for some English lit course and he got me, I got to write essays about, uh, Conan O'Brien yeah, and nice. uh, the Simpsons and uh, Letterman and Howard Stern and it was just really he was like yeah this is amazing this is great and I was like what I can do this and then writing about music yeah I'm just saying I just sorry I didn't mean to I just think it's important for anyone listening just think on it did yeah. you have I think teachers are just really important and I think we take them for granted or we think they're riding us or they we think they're assholes but then some you, of them think on, are bad <laughs> absolutely but but if you think on the ones if you think about where you're at mm-hmm. in life, and if well, you're happy, relatively happy with your life, then I think you should maybe just do a, just think back on it. Think back. Was there somebody who just broke through all the clouds and, and helped you? Because I think I have, I definitely had that. And I, it is why I felt uh, empowered. Uh, I just didn't think it was an option to explore the arts or be interested or be a journalist or yeah, do I whatever. Didn't, I know? didn't know it was an option either. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, uh, he I, didn't mean, just, I didn't mean to cut you off. He sorry made the music like because of how good he got us sounding. It's a really amazing feeling when you're really ripping in a band and everybody is like, you know, pulling in the same direction, but also like expressing themselves. Yeah, and uh, that was a major change for me, or it was a major, you know, revelation. So I I owe him that. Definitely. Well, I think the idea, the idea of playing an instrument by yourself, which you are meant to do to get better, but then realizing it's a communication method with other people, like that's a huge thing. It was huge. And just like the feeling, it was just such a great feeling because we were sounding really good and people were really enjoying it. I have a VHS from that, from our show in San Francisco, and it's pretty good. Like, it sounds good, you know? Like, it sounds, you know, it still sounds like a junior high jazz band, but it is definitely, there's a lot of passion going on there. And I remember those feelings, and that changed my life. And then, so in grade nine, I found a wallet on the bus, and I, uh, this is the sold my soul to the devil story. (laughs) There was 120 bucks in the wallet, and I... uh, Took the money and instead of just leaving the wallet on the bus, I thought maybe I should totally ditch it like t- completely. Oh, wow. So, you know, there's credit cards in there and health card and everything. And I just threw the wallet in the gutter and I got back on the next bus and I went downtown and I bought my first guitar at a pawn shop and I had to hide it under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> for right, like a couple it, of years it's vaguely contraband in fact jay if i may you're 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 describing shark-like behavior i'm sorry <laughs> yes exactly well it's it's hard to avoid in alberta you should know that by now yeah i haven't left the house very much in two and a half years so i haven't really 
every once in a while I go out, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the, yeah, no, I know, I, <laughs> I could, wow, anyway, so you, t- okay, and what kind of guitar was it, was it a good guitar? It was a man, there's a, a brand, it was, I think it's a Japanese guitar by the company called Man, M-A-N-N, and mm-hmm. it was a Les Paul, I still oh. have it. Oh, like a copy. Yeah. Nice. I still, okay. I still have it. Now, but what what possessed you? Because you're sorry, the jazz band you were referring to. You did, were you playing trumpet in it? Yeah, I was playing trumpet, but I wanted right. to play like rock music. You know, right. I wanted right. to. It was like that would have been like 1995, oh, wow. okay. maybe or something like that. Like grade oh, 95. Nine would have been 94, maybe. So just as the alt boom, it was oh yeah, it was grunge full on. It was like. Give me, I want to learn how to play about a girl. You know what I mean? Oh, that's exactly where I was at. The first song I ever learned to vaguely play on guitar was Come As You Are by Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. changed, I think. It was either that or the song Money. You know the song Money? Like, that's, yeah. that's what I want. Which, anyway, it was one of those. I think it was Come As You Are, though, where I was like, oh, this is possible. Like, that in itself, picking up an instrument. I actually still remember your friend and mine, Steve Lamke. Uh, I was once uh, we grew up playing music together, and that by that point, oh, nice. by that point, I was playing drums and learning to see Steve tomorrow. Oh, lovely! That's right. That's great. Yeah, he's on tour. I saw that. Anyway, Steve and I grew up uh, learning to play music together. Primarily, that's how we uh, both learned to play. Really, um, yeah. and uh, I still remember uh, getting behind the drum kit. And uh, Steve, I think, uh, I think he quite uh, admired his older brother in in many ways. Uh, and yeah. Ted, Ted would get him into was uh, influential in terms of taste making. I would say. Anyway, I got on the drum kit and I started to play the drum part for Combination Lock, which is a song by Fugazi from their album Red Medicine. Nice. And I remember Steve Steve saying to Ted, like, "Look, he's playing Fugazi," you know. And Ted, I don't think Ted was that impressed. It's not that impressive a drum beat, but just this notion that like one of us could play like the people we admired. Uh, that was still within us at that point in our lives as teens. Like we can, we can probably do some semblance yes. of what the people we admire can do. So I, I gather you, you were going for that and saw guitar as something that might empower you and teach you how to do things. Is that fair? And yes, but I do wish that I had not picked up the guitar and stayed with trumpet sometimes for sure. Oh, really? Why? <laughs> Just because? I, I mean. I would have had a pretty good head start. Oh. In a way, like, I just, I would have, it would have been a more straight ahead journey. But I'm just saying sometimes I think that, not all the time. I I gather that you, when the guitar uh, came out from under the bed, your trumpet replaced it under the bed? Did you put the trumpet away? Well, I didn't take, I didn't take band in high school. So it kind of stopped Hmm. in grade 10. And I had, there was a guitar class in my in my high school, so I could take guitar class. Yeah, it was just same. me and yeah. my buddy Steve, who was a keyboard player in the first band. But anyways, I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself here. If you want the full history, no, sorry, I'm I'm interjecting and we're bouncing around, but I hope it's okay. I just yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm relating to what you're saying, and I yes. uh, it's making me uh, jog my own memory. But please, yes, yeah. please continue. So then I found this guitar. It was under my bed for two years, but then I also had a drama teacher at this school that. His he had a punk band, so he had like a band afternoon where there was like lights and like 
you know, there was like two bands, I think our band, which was like our, we formed this band to like play this show. It was like my very first show and his band and his name was Mr. Kushner and his band was called 101 Damnations. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great punk. Was it, it was, a, that's an amazing punk band name. That's great. Yeah. Nice. So, so we kind of, the people that I played with in that band, we kind of kept playing once high school came around and then we continue, we just kept playing and playing and playing. And then once high school ended, we decided to just see if we could tour and be a band, but we didn't have enough songs. And then, so we got our first gig at like some in Banff or something and we had to play three sets Oh no. And we only had like seven songs. So we just stretched them out. And then that was kind of our thing. And we had no, and then we kind of, we had this manager booking agent that kind of stepped in after a couple of years. Maybe when I was, well, maybe when I was 19. And uh, they had major connections to like the jam band world, which That's none not. of us had any, hmm. we had no idea that this whole world existed. Because Calgary is like a pretty straight ahead, like, rock indie rock kind of town right punk rock kind of town like there wasn't much of a jazz scene or like of any kind of scene other than that and you know we were going to all ages shows and you know that was also very formative and understanding that oh man we could start playing shows so we just started doing all ages shows in high school and then you know it's classic story mm-hmm. and then so after high school we toured for about five years and there was a lot of kind of we were jamming you know we were like improvising a lot but more in like the funky kind of funny you know uh improvising i guess right and then after after that band i decided to go to jazz school when i was like 23 i think 24 after five years of i don't know we played hundreds of shows with that group it was pretty fun that's great i mean i think that's great and then so you get into the jazz school and you're saying like you you earlier when I asked about it, you say you forged some important friendships and relationships. But was the actual uh, curriculum or the course of study or the discipline of having to study? Do you think that helped you? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, learning how to learn has helped me in all facets of my life. I I didn't graduate or anything. I just I didn't want to take the electives. It's just like, fuck that. I know I'm going to be, this is what I want to be. And I didn't really care about getting any sort of documentation involved. I see. I see. Okay. But uh, it was good. It was a great experience. And the relationships that I got there were great. And the knowledge I acquired there was was good as well. So at some point after that, you do sort of enter... It's not how long after the, the these experiences do you enter more of like a the indie rock realm if you will. Uh I don't know if I ever went hardcore into indie rock, you know. <laughs> Cuz it's never been like something that I wanted to play is just like straight kind of dan 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 you know kind of rhythms, yeah. you know. Yeah. I prefer a swung rhythm. And uh, you, and also yeah. from listening to hip hop and jazz, like that all kind of starts meshing. And like once you start, once I started really exploring jazz, it's like it's endless. That art form is completely endless. Like 
and how it splinters off into hip hop and also like just how much was going on and uh, the different eras of jazz. There's just so much to explore. And then also with your own playing and your interpretation of how you want to perform that music or it's really an identity based thing. And there's, yeah, there's just so much and it's so well open. Yeah. Let me, let me put, let me put it to you a different way. I appreciate what you're saying about the conventional understanding of what that indie rock genre signifier is. In my view, uh, something occurred in that period you're talking about, the mid to late 90s, yeah, uh, where sort of those musical orthodoxies um, kind of shrunk away. So mm-hmm. we're at a point now where it would not be unusual for VJ Iyer or Jeff Parker or yeah, Flying yeah. Lotus or Bad Bad Not Good to be playing what is otherwise ostensibly thought of as an indie rock music festival. Yeah. Indie rock seemed to be the new catch-all for what I always viewed as punk, which was completely free and Mm -hmm. open. And you could have uh, hip-hop elements and you could have jazz and swing elements. Like the thing about post-hardcore for me, which I think also is an unheralded leader in bringing us to where we're at now in terms of, you know, it doesn't... I was listening, I don't know what happened to me, but in high school... I would, and in June, all throughout my life, I would take out uh, films and CDs and records from the library. Yeah, I definitely did that as well. And and I would dub them. If I liked something, I would dub them. So it was not unusual for me to put make a tape, and on the one side, it might be an album by Hoover, but on the yeah. other side... I, it might be a live Thelonious Monk record, and I yeah, saw great. the I saw the connections between those things, mm-hmm. um, and they influenced my attempts to swing in punk bands and hardcore bands. The bands mm-hmm. I'm talking about with Steve and Dallas Worley as well. Uh, both those. I guys don't know were, if I found Calgary that open. Right. So it's your circumstances. I see what you're saying. I guess what I'm where I'm coming from is, I first caught your name. Uh, through your work as an artist at, when I was at like CBC Radio 3. That's when your yeah. name started to... I don't know if it was Ghostkeeper. So I was com- doing the big band stuff at that time as well. Right, okay. Like I was doing like this kind of pseudo-experimental pop free jazz kind of yeah. <laughs> stupid thing. Yeah. But uh, So I did a f- couple records like that. And then I kind of stripped it down and just did another kind of singing record. But at the same time, I was doing, I was playing with Ghostkeeper, which was another really great experience. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing, I made a free jazz record called No More Shapes with my friend Eric Hamlin. Mm -hmm. And I was doing lots of improv shows because Chris started a, a series called Bug Incision. Yeah. Which turned into like a record label and still a concert series to this day. Did he did he so, change did he change the name or something? Chris? I thought no, he did. Or maybe so. he changed his Instagram. I forget. There was some he made some sort of announcement that something yeah, I was think maybe he just split <laughs> the two so he wasn't <laughs> yeah. getting emails. Oh, okay. So, you know, I was that was kind of my formative sort of experimentation with that music was playing as many of those shows as possible and just we would get together and play and record everything like you know twice a week three times a week sometimes 
Right. Right. Just playing okay. free music of any kind from like I would have a blend I would have like a blender and a banjo and just like that would be my instrument. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's weird. Just as far out as of, possible. Yeah, we like actually Eugene got Chadbourne fired. and Julia Child or something at the same time. Yeah, yeah I think I get it. We got fired one night. Uh, we were playing. Dad, ah, he got a gig at this at the jazz club in Calgary. I don't know if it's there anymore. I don't think it is, but it was called the Beatnik. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got hired for two nights, and I was playing like prepared banjo with like ring modulation and like you know medicine ball or something with like dad's playing prepared drums and then like our friend dan michael playing uh bass clarinet and then like kind of like a more classical kind of show tune pianist named mark limacher yeah and uh we played one set and then they fired us (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> they had like hired a birthday party or something oh no it was ho- it was really funny but that is that is funny now the some of the music you're alluding to there uh you released under your own name is that right yes Jay right crocker and then there were other did you have other uh monikers if you will no I don't think no, so. No, it was oh, just 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 clarifying just, that and then no more shapes was the other one you know i did right. some writing and recording on that one and then ghostkeeper was pretty heavily involved in that project right and living in calgary your name came up because you actually play on the latest you already said this you play on the latest ghostkeeper record as well so you're still connected so i'm looking at the people playing on this new record eric hanlon you mentioned dan michael you mentioned chris dad you mentioned uh the other people are nicola miller yeah that's somebody from, from out here right and then you've got kyle yeah. Uh, who is in Fredericton? No, he's in Halifax. Oh, in Halifax. Sorry yeah. about that. But they're kind of smatterings throughout. So kind of the yeah. main genesis of the project was Eric was sending me just like free improv playing that he'd been doing, mostly just drum kit stuff. And then I started kind of cutting them up and finding pockets of because they were all, there was no time in most of it. So I was found like pockets of time in there and then just started writing heads over it. How was Eric recording his drums? Was he using like a stereo? Yeah, just like a stereo mic, I think, pretty much. Just one mic? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds kind of like that uh, in a a cool way. So anyway, where I'm coming from is, other than uh, Nicola and Kyle kind of a calgary centric record it's all file sharing is that what mostly occurred yeah well i sent yeah totally so it's kind of started with that dad is on he's on one track i think eric's drums he never played like there's sections where i left open but most of it is kind of cut you know hmm. and dad plays on one track dan michael is uh he's no longer with us he died when i was in calgary still Oh Probably no, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that. I'm 12 sorry. 12 years ago. But oh. I had some uh in when I was running that big band, the kind of the funny pop thing, we would actually go into some pretty heavy sort of free jazz territory. Mm. And then there was a couple of nights I don't even remember where we were, but we just did a few sets of just playing free and um I was able to like 
from this one cassette I have, I was able to like isolate just where he's poking out for a second or where he's taking a solo. And I, there's a couple tracks on there on Familiar Science, my new record, where it's just those little samples that I have of him. And then I use that for the head. Like Particle Riot is like, it's the head, just his sample from 12 years ago. And then the solo is a sax solo, but it's me just manipulating that sample to make it sound like he's playing a solo. Well, that's that's very lovely, and I again, I I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, yeah, so he was older than us. So he, you know, I think he was 55 when he died. So he was about 20 years older than us, and he hmm. comes from like the first wave of kind of improv music in Calgary, which was a bit smaller than what's happening now, like Tokyo Sex Whale and other ones. But so he was kind of in that first wave. So he was older and he really was an amazing free uh, musician for sure. So do you have a sense, you've called the record familiar science, but it, when I think on who's on it, it has a familial kind of quality to it. You've gone mm-hmm. back to people you collaborated with or know from your hometown, ostensibly. Yeah. And also gone back to like kind of sort of a genre that I, studied and like and also playing guitar because so, i haven't played played guitar only with john McKeel really out here right so it's reflective of of your past do you know where that impulse came from to create a record like this as joyful talk at this point in your life uh well i've always jazz it's just it's still kind of the the line back to jazz i've always wanted to make another like I wish I could have made way more jazz or jazz free jazz improv based recordings to this point with people, but I never had the community out here to kind of do it with because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is a it is a you know there's some language elements in there that you know are good to know I guess or you know it makes it easier to kind of figure out where you're at in an improvisation, but. um yeah, so it went back to just wanting to do that, and then I wanted to kind of play with Eric again. So I figured we might as well just, we'll just make this record. Yeah, and it kind of naturally kind of went there with how, you know, it was another time. It was a time for me to make another record, and it just kind of started coming out like that. And I got hit back really heavy into playing guitar again. I mean, it's a wondrous record. I love, I love having it on in the house. Uh, I've had it spinning on the turntable there, and it uh, fills awesome. the whole room. It's great. Now, one of the things I found interesting about one of the stories you were telling, I think you were talking about a, uh, maybe it was Dan, Michael, uh, yeah. and you playing, and I think you were suggesting that maybe he, he was being a bit steady and you were playing a bit, maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but I, you know what, scratch all that. What I want to get to here is Nicola. Yes. I find, uh, as I listen to your record, uh, I can hear it as a Joyful Talk record. I can hear the amalgam of improv jazz, but also your electronic uh, manipulation in the last few years. I hear all of that. And then, but Nicola's work, as I'm looking at the credits here, she plays alto saxophone and flute, Almost like an anchor, almost like um, a steady, steadying influence in a lot of ways. Your guitar will do that 
sometimes mm. too. Just like give us a melody to kind of cling to as everything else is exploding. Yes. Um, did, is, was, did you articulate any of this to Nicola in particular in terms no, of her playing? Well, she's the one. She, I met her a few years ago and she was playing like, you know, kind of brewery, coffee shop kind of jazz, restaurant kind of jazz gigs out here. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hit it off, and then she was like, you should come and play. Like, you know this music, you should come and play. So that's kind of, she kind of got me back into kind of playing kind of straight jazz. I see. So, I mean, her main feature on that one is there's a beautiful solo she plays on a track called Ballad in Nine. Mm-hmm. And the kind of the chords were kind of like I knew I kind of had a good feeling she was going to be able to play something amazing over that. So the chords are kind of written for her almost. Right. Okay. So, so she as far as the steadying, right. I don't know. Like it was still pandemic, so it was she came over once, and because you know things were we had to stick to our cohorts or our bubble or whatever. Right. And. I don't know, just I. if you have somebody like that that you know you can count on to play those melodies, then you write the melodies, you know what I mean? No, it's fair. Uh, and sorry, do you feel like my characterization of the steadiness between you and her in particular is, is off or any, in any way? Or no, is no. That, so, no yeah. I, I, feel, I feel what you're saying for sure. It feels just purposeful. Like, it yeah. feels very purposeful. Like it's just something to anchor your, your ear to. Mm-hmm. In a in a way that's familiar, like it's not particularly mm-hmm. discordant, yeah. Uh, but everything else can be, and yeah. <laughs> so I I appreciate that it's the familiar in the fog, if you will. Yeah, but I feel like it's like a, maybe a, some of it has to do with knowing that if I write these, because I still approached it as like heads, like a jazz head, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, which is essentially just the melody, and. Like knowing that she would be able to play the stuff that I was able that I could write was maybe the anchor that you're hearing. Yeah, I think that's fair. Now, joyful talk has is it's capable of taking uh, different forms. That's another thing we've learned. I feel like the last time you were on the show, uh, you were on to talk about plurality trip. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. We remember we were in uh, t- uh, Toronto and I was late. There's something happened yeah. and there was tech issues and it was horrible. I'm sorry about that. I, I still feel badly about that. And I, but uh, we did it. We still did it. It was just a, uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, and, and who were you collaborating with at the time? I was playing with the guy named Sean Dicey, who was like uh, from Calgary, who moved out here. Right. And Dicey's not involved in this. So I, and I think I saw you two play together. Uh, yes. A few times as well. Uh, it's the is the. Are you still collaborating with Sean in other ways, or is is it done? no? No. Okay. He's got uh, some young kids, and I see. Okay. And I just you know I want to. I have a couple other people that I'm playing. Aaron, you know Aaron Mangle. Right? Yeah, of course, from Cousins and. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. playing drums when we're doing it live. Oh, or great! He did on this last tour. Great. So that was pretty fun. And then a guy named Al Melnick is playing keyboards. So we're doing it as like a jazz. Well, not jazz, but like a pseudo kind of fusion. It's live. It sounds more like fusion, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> right. I see. Okay. So you're still, you're still playing, and 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 so joyful talk can take 
uh, you're the you're the constant at this point. It's still it's always I think is the is the key thing I'm yeah, trying to do. Yeah, I would. I mean, I think maybe you could replace Joyful Talk with Jay Crocker. I guess. Oh well, we don't want to do that. Not with you know what I mean, like AKA. Right. Okay. Just sort j- of scenario. I see. You're like, uh, or like, uh, and uh, yeah, it can go in so many different directions, and maybe I should be calling different things different things. But no, no, it's a, I'm know. not getting at that. I just no, no, I know. I, I'm just saying. I remember being struck by Dicey as just a person, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and we had a good chat, and I like the notion that you have managed to maintain your calgary connections i think that's yeah. it's a something about you is is uh it, it just exhibits a loyalty and a and a, a desire to stay connected to your roots and i feel like some of that is coming through on this record that's kind of where i'm coming Great. from yeah nice yeah no i do i i mean I love my friends, I guess <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's fair it's and it's lovely to uh, I'm going, th- sorry, I relate to this because I go through it myself. I just, uh, yeah. as we're speaking, uh, there's been stuff going on in Guelph, uh, Kazoo Fest and Hillside Festival, things I would normally yeah, yeah. be involved in, and they've been more or less shut down because of the pandemic, but they came back this year, and and I tried to participate from here. I did episodes of this show devoted to artists playing Kazoo Fest, and I've been working with Hillside a little bit still, and... Mm. So all I'm saying is I don't think it's unusual to stay connected to your hometown no. and or the town you 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 call home if you will. Exactly. And uh, so I think it's just lovely. I think it's good. Right on. Yeah, anyway, sorry. What are your joyful talk plans at the moment in terms of touring or rec- making new music? Are you working on stuff? Yeah, I think uh next I am going to try to keep playing some shows. I think there might be a Toronto thing in September and then Another Ontario, Quebec, something maybe in November. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the next thing I'm going to work on is a, is a... I do these big scores. So I have like these huge... It's called the Planetary Music System, and it's like a circular-based scoring system. So I make like big, oh. these big paintings that are like these scores... And so I have uh, one that's just for vocals. It's like a choir, 16-piece choir that I, I kind of want to finish. And then uh, another one that's for a 30-piece wind ensemble that I want to finish. But I think the next one I'm going to record is uh, just solo guitar. But with like, I've been doing a lot of like guitar synth, like MIDI guitar kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I might make a piece like that. Jay, you know me a little bit. Uh, you know I'm not that bright. When you say uh, painting is a score, I don't quite know what you mean. You paint out the score? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so it's like a scoring system based on on gear on ratio, like gear ratios. So like say you the easiest way to kind of look at it is a, say you have a circle that's 150 centimeters uh, circumference. And mm-hmm. then you have another one that's 75 centimeters in circumference. And then so I take the centimeters and I turn them into quarter notes. And then so I have 150 quarter notes to kind of make my musical phrase for the for one section or one voice or what have you. You know what I mean? So Wait or, a minute. Is any of this on display in the album art here uh, for Familiar Science? No, it's on... Uh, 
It's on uh, a separation of being is a score. Oh, okay. Hang on. I'm just gonna. First, I am you. Unusually, I have the internet. Oh yes, I see that there. Yes, okay. So Sorry, if I, that score I look is at the like cover, t- ten by ten feet long by five feet wide. So that's just a tiny little section of it. Wow. Okay. And this is, I I will say, you did uh, do the cover art uh, for Familiar Science as well. Yeah. Uh, visual art. Uh, uh, what other? What are your like? So we got music. We are establishing now that you're a visual artist. What are your other mediums and? Uh, and uh, I do like these. I've built a couple, uh, like install one installation in particular got a lot of traction out here. I won an award for it and stuff called the called Biblo. It was like oh. six, sixteen music boxes. Right. And yes, I heard about it's this. Shown like, well, in the Maritimes and then at the Phi Center in Montreal, which is like a pretty, it's a pretty rad spot. Oh, that's great. Okay. And then so I'm just in the middle of building another one. It's like all these undulating mirrors that like reflect light and all these like kind of like a mirror ball wall that's like constantly undulating and reflecting light against all these sensors that are so that creates like the soundtrack for the installation. It's motorized and all that shit, but that's kind of what I'm trying to finish right now. Yes, you're very mechanical. You're mechanically inclined. You build instruments. You build things. Yeah. Uh, didn't you? Did you have a hand in uh, working on your house there? I feel like you told me about this. Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of like, yeah. I had to build everything. <laughs> the whole everything, really? <laughs> no, no. I didn't build the house, but it definitely needed some major work. Hmm. So so yeah, been, you're. My wife and I have been picking away at that for a while. You're some kind of MacGyver slash MacGruber-esque character. Is that fair to say? Uh, maybe MacGyver or maybe just Survivor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's it's very inspiring is all I'm getting at. I appreciate yeah. your your resolve and your self-startingness. I don't know what the right initiative. You're just, you, I appreciate you, Jay. It's, uh, it's right. nice to speak with you about these things. So, okay, so you've got those plans. Uh People can learn more about Joyful Talk at cstrecords.com and they can yeah, pick up... Constellation uh, co- Records. Constellation Records, ex- exactly. Where else would you like people to go to learn more about uh, Joyful Talk and, and your work? Well, there's jcrocker.org, which I love. jcrocker.org? I thought you had the joyfultalk.com. You got, you there's also joyfultalk.com and there's, yeah. J- there's jcrocker.org. Oh, okay. You got, you got both. That's great. Yeah. You are kind of uh, an organized well, I do person. Vi- I make the videos. Like, there's video work too. Like, that's all. Um, it's all out of necessity. It's like, yes, yes. If I want to keep doing this, I don't have budgets to like hire it out. So, yeah, it's cheaper for me to figure out how to do it. Yeah, and plus being in the country and stuff. So, actually, I'd like to add to, like. Some of my goals, I guess, coming up rather than like goals for Joyful Talk or whatever is to like yeah, engage more with playing with more people again. Right, right. I like feel in, like it, I need it, that. In person. Play. Yes. Okay. And just like with as many different people as I can for right now. Because okay. I was doing that so much in Calgary and that I wanted to get away from it. And then now I want to get back to that sort of exchange again. Nice. Well, it's lovely, and I hope I hope you're successful as uh, 
we wade through this pandemic and the uh, openings and closings of things, like it's uh, it's hard. So, yeah. uh, but I appreciate that you're doing things. Um, okay, so we've established where people can go to learn more about uh, familiar science and joyful talk. Jay, if we can go out on a song from this record for people to hear, I wonder if you can pick one and tell us why you chose it. Hmm. Let's see. Maybe I'll pick the title track. Okay. It's the short. It's I think it's the shortest one. Uh, no, it's, a, it's it's not technically the shortest one, but that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can pick okay. whatever you, pick whatever you want. But I, 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 I don't know. I like that one. Yeah, no, it's that, a little bit more <laughs> consonant, but it also uh, I do a little bit of singing on the record. There's no words or anything, but it's the first time I've also sang. Yeah, kind of on my own stuff in a while. So. And it's a nice line in there. It's kind of kind of cements what we've been talking about a bit. There's a little free improv section in there. Nicola's in there. There's some guitar, you know. I again, I appreciate that you for whatever I think it might be clear why you would be in a reflective mood um and revisiting things from uh, a more idyllic pre-pandemic time. I'll leave it at that unless you want to expand upon that. But I think that makes sense that you would have all these notions swirling about in your mind and in your heart as yeah. you en- endure this weird, completely weird time. I mean, music has always been able to connect to me. So maybe it's just like that sort of feeling of absence of connection. Yeah. I kind of maybe... Yeah, that's kind of spawned, yeah, this record and kind of this uh, path that I will be on now for a bit. Well, I think, and also as we live virtually, we all feel more invisible. So I think actually using your own voice in the wilderness, if you will, I think there's something to that too. Like, I'm here. You may not be able to make out what I'm saying, but here's a human voice, (laughs) you know? I think that's there too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, without further... I appreciate that. No, I, I, I thank you. Uh, I appreciate you appreciating that. Without further ado, this is Familiar Science, the title track from the beautiful new record by Joyful Talk. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for returning to the show and spending some time with me. I, I hope you're uh, doing as well as you can be there, and uh, I wish you the best luck in the future, and I hope we talk soon. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Thanks so much again to Jay Crocker for returning to this show to talk about Joyful Talk, this time on the 706th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts, except for that one place that a lot of people use. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, you've heard about something and it's not on any of the platforms uh, that you usually get to because they have these podcast feed limits and they only go back so many episodes, some of them have that. Or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. All the info you're looking for should be there. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook. You can follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Instagram and on Twitter at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation, uh, which will sustain this podcast uh, into the future it's a modest patreon thus far but we appreciate uh we meaning me i guess me and my family we appreciate all your support and uh it helps a lot uh six dollars or more a month grants you access to exclusive content some of it's derived from these uh, interviews i do uh with that you're you know you're here and here some of them come from uh my archives i dig into the archives and find stuff actually there is a, a bonus uh section uh, with Jake Rocker, Joyful Talk. So look out for that on the Patreon. As uh, we go into overtime, I asked him about his current obsessions, and he talked about this uh, synth guitar thing and the beach and 1980s jazz. It was fun, uh, a little bit extra time. Anyway, if you want to access any of that kind of stuff, go to patreon.com slash creativecontrol. Uh, donate $6 or more a month. You can change your, your amount. You can go up or down at any point. And also, if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. I recently discovered I'm out of medium maroon and I won't be restocking these things because uh, I just won't. It's They sit around and they don't do nothing. And now all of a sudden everyone wants them. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, thank you. Patreon.com slash Creative Control. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca. Also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Also, my uh, dear old pal Jim Guthrie lends me music for this show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode of the Joyful Talk. I hope you'll check out Joyful Talk's music if you're not familiar. And if you're very familiar, thanks for listening to this chat with Jay. 
and for subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends all about it and maybe uh, suggesting they do the same and spreading the word about the show. It means a lot. Thank you. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.